Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. Awesome, and it sounds like a lot of fun. We should do that uh, with uh, 
May Day celebrations here as well. <laughs> yes, and I, th- I think it mo- probably was a little bit more fun to be the pelter rather than the peltee, but that's <laughs> how they did it in in Rome. Um, in, in other cultures in uh, Italy, too, it was a day of Artemisios, and a couple of things happened. They set aside the entire month of May, and if you remember in the play Camelot, Tis May, Tis May, the, month, uh, the merry month of May, um, mm-hmm. where everyone cast um, all their basically morals astray, <laughs> and it was a free-for-all. Well, that actually originated in Italy, and it was a 30-day festival of revelry. And you know, you knew that for sure because of all the children that were born uh, in January, that following is the revelry. Synchronistic. Uh, I started my Champions of Arcadia, or uh, restarted it, which is dedicated to uh, Artemis and uh, focuses on uh, the environment and also uh, the wildlife uh, that lives in uh, nature. And started doing some. Uh, Um, activity and linking up with other active people uh, here in uh, Bergen County, New Jersey. So it is interesting that you bring that information to the table uh, because I wasn't aware of it and I proceeded with this uh, uh, as May came in. Well, Artemisios was, uh, you know, the the festival that they had, and it was a tradition Mm -hmm. um, based. It it was kind of revelry, and then when Constantine came in, it became a much tamer and more moral celebration. It wasn't quite the free-for-all, but it still involved setting money aside and preparing because usually people would be spending things and 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 you know, releasing goats, but but this also became a time of wisdom. So in Germany, it's called Walperga, and it means lucky fire. And they had in the olden times, they took their cattle and they forced them to jump over these bonfires, and that was so that the milk of the cattle would not be stolen by fairies in the night, which was kind of odd, but I guess that worked for them. They were all uh, worried about fairies and the underworld at the time. The It was originally, of course, as we know, a pagan feast, but it, it mm-hmm. turned into um, a, a feast of a lot of dancing. It involved a lot of flowers, and it involved maypoles. In the U.K., for example, yes. there's still uh, a May Day run, a motorcycle run, that, that goes from uh, London all the way across into Cornwall. It kind of like um, uh, uh, they cut the country in half, but they go shore to shore to celebrate this newness. In Scotland, there are um, parades and things that are all decorated in flowers, I guess, sort of like the Rose Parade here, only with a more May flower. And in Mm -hmm. Finland, did you know that Vapu is May Day, and it is one of the four biggest holidays in all of Finland? Uh, They they make a, a drink called a sima, which is a low-alcohol mead, and they drink that with very sugary, uh, like, funnel cakes. And they they drink and revel for three straight days. I guess when they sober up, then they just continue on with their, their month of May. 
in Estonia, I love the fact that in 1561, King Charles IX, he received a lily of the valley as a lucky charm. And so from that day on, he gave every lady in the court a sprig of lily of the valley on May 1st as a token of his devotion and his respect for them. And Italy... They have the May Day as the return to life and to rebirth. It's called the Kalenda Maya. They sing songs of love, dedication, and they recite lots of poetry because they really want to instill that uh, the dark winter and then the, the the rising out of the darkness into the day of the days of spring and summer and and ones of flourishing. I think uh-huh. the uh the traditions in Spain uh, <laughs> have people give each other walnuts, chestnuts, and hazelnuts as a token i don't know either of their mental state or that this is something they want um it, you know it it's a little early for the harvest, but they do pass out nuts to each other um in Serbia. People go out the night before and they camp in the woods with bonfires to celebrate the newness of the of the season. And in many cultures too, people go out first thing in the morning, right before dawn, in the in the dew of the night, and they wash their faces so that they will be beautiful for the rest of their lives, based on this May first energy. And in uh-huh. Bulgaria, uh, People jump over fires to protect themselves from snakes, lizards, snakes and lizards and and creepy crawly things that seem to come out from the underworld. And in order for them to jump over the fire and to be protected from the attack of these slithery reptiles. So what do you think of all that, Hercules? I think that's amazing, and I learned many new things today. I start to learn at least one new thing each day, uh, but when I speak with you, I make up uh, for it. Like I get a whole month's worth of new information to process. So that that is incredibly awesome. Well, you might enjoy. Now, you know, we always have a point to where we're going here. You might enjoy that in Greece, uh, May Day was based on the goddess Maya. The, mm-hmm. as a symbol of rebirth, because May Day is the day that Persephone came back to Earth from spending half the year with Hades in the underworld. Wow, that, that uh, explains uh, a lot. That, that is the day that uh, she came back. Uh, Athena actually finished writing an article about Maya, so that's two synchronicities in uh, not even 10 minutes. We're doing great today. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, then, you know, I also wanted to say, okay, that's all great. Everybody is partying around the world, but mm-hmm. it is a day, May Day is a day of celebrating change. It's a day that is also, May Day is also a term for a call for help. 
It's a call for basically life-threatening things. But you have to repeat it three times. You have to say, mayday, 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 and then you identify yourself. That's the rule. And it comes from the French, may aider, which means um, aider is the verb to help, and then ma in front of it, may aider, means to help me, please. Um, So it mayday is only used in a life-threatening situation, but we can apply it to ourselves at any time if may day becomes a day when we want change we want something to shift then we can say may day to ourselves and go on about that and 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 cry out for help so if anybody out there is crying for help or if we just want to make a shift i thought we'd ask the questions we would ask people to take a moment and think about what they might want to shift in their life. They don't have to do it as dramatically as jumping over a fire or doing rituals to prevent snakes and spiders from getting to them, but they (laughs) can do something to shift what they want to in their life. And by that I mean taking, giving real thought to what they do want instead of complaining about what they have or don't have. The way to really shift and make the change is to figure out what it is you do want and head toward that. You want to attract in your life what you that want. That is an excellent way of looking at it. And uh, again, synchronicity number three, uh, I'm working on a product for for a uh, uh, um, a role-playing game product uh, instead of ancient Greece. And the first scenario involves spiders and snakes, which you just mentioned. Uh, but yes, that's an excellent approach. I, I feel that people invest so much energy in complaining uh, that they fill their mind and uh, their consciousness with the things that they don't want because that's what they're talking about and putting energy into and kind of keeping themselves uh, stuck there. It is much better to just be uh, open to new possibilities and to talk about what you're excited about, you know, what you'd like to bring about, what you'd like to have, what you'd like to do, what you'd like to be, whatever that happens to be. And taking that energy and instead of keeping it in a place of, of lack and uh, um, discomfort and unpleasantness, to take that same energy and elevate it to a place where you're excited and happy and looking forward to something. And then you stay in that in, in, as you move forward and you're much more likely to get that. Uh, Whereas if you stay complaining and upset and angry and uh, feeling powerless, you're going to remain stuck there. You're you're guaranteeing that you'll remain stuck there. Well, exactly, because we create and make more of where we put our focus. And if our focus is on, uh, and I don't, this could mean someone being on either side of the political realm, but if you are not happy with what's going on in the White House, If you spend energy complaining about it, you're making more of the same. If you, in fact, look for ways to change that, to change whatever status quo, whether it's the president of your company, the president of your country, uh, whatever it is you want to do and change, taking that action, moving forward, thinking about and talking about the good things. You know, what is good about this? 
company? What is good about this structure? What is good about this product? What is good about my family? What is good about my situation? What is good about my country? What is good? What is it rather than be against something? We have to be Mm -hmm. for what we want. And protesting is, you know, very adorable, but it's a waste of time. You could take all that energy and move that into demonstrating what it is you want, forming groups, forming proactive situations. But just say, you know, ban the bomb or whatever you want to ban, that doesn't do anything. What does something is becoming the attractor. You must put into your mind the things that you want to get. You want you you instill in others the excitement of the values that you represent when they see you and say, oh, yes, I want that, or I want to be like that, or I want to have that. So you must stand up extremely tall for what you believe in and what you what your values values are. And if you don't have any beliefs, and if you don't have any values, then you better get some. It's May Day, May Day, May Day. You must call for help and find your values. Stand up for something. Get a backbone. If you don't have one, if you've been following the crowd all your life, then figure out what makes you different, what makes you unique, why people should be attracted to you. And if you don't feel you're worth it, then you have to do a lot of serious self-talk because everybody is worth it. Everybody is on this planet to make a difference, to have a voice, to express their opinions. And I look at the people who are extremely handicapped, who can only write with their eyes, or they can only make marks with a pen. They still, there are many of these people that give of themselves, give of their heart, express their opinions. And those of us that have all of our faculties, or most of them, we just sit around and complain all the time and say, what's wrong? When we focus on what's right, that moves not only us, but the entire civilization forward into a better tomorrow. Yes, it does. And uh, um, it it took me very many years and very many hard knocks to learn uh, that particular lesson. And I'm trying as much as possible uh, to... uh, frame a lot of my recent activities in, in that light, rather than being against something. Uh, don't think about that. Think about what I'm for and then put time and energy into making what I'm for move forward rather than keeping me stuck in uh, conflict and unpleasantness uh, because life is short and it passes very uh, quickly and uh, we don't have, we don't have the time to, uh, to bask in uh, self-pity or um, unpleasantness if we don't have to. Um, And things have a way of coming about when you focus positive energy on them and being positive about what it is that you would like to happen, as you said. Uh, And I'm finding that in my life, uh, um, it's a choice on how I choose to react to or feel uh, about anything in particular, and that choice is mine. And if I decide to feel differently than the way we've been programmed to think, uh, my life remains uh, 
um, joyous and happy uh, for the most part, regardless of what happens to be uh, going on ex- in the external world. I feel strongly about things uh, as well, uh, so I get involved with organizations that do things about that I, I would like done. Uh, and so I'm with other people, and they're sharing the same energy, and they're going out there and they're doing and making change rather than complaining about the lack of change. Exactly, exactly, because we, we all could sit around all day and complain about what we don't have, what we, you know, what isn't happening. Um, I, I'm part of a little uh, network neighborhood out in California, and it's an online thing. And the people complain about stuff all the time. They blame the city for the potholes. They blame this. They find problems. And then they contest each other. Like, how could you say that? Well, it was somebody's opinion. And then they, you know, they blame the vagrancy and the homelessness on the police. And, you know, um, and then the police complain that they don't have enough staff. So everybody is complaining on this, and I'm thinking every now and then someone will come forward and say, wait a second, uh, it's a beautiful day. I am grateful for this fine city. I mm-hmm. love where we live. And then then they will shake a lot of these people out of their complaining nature, and they say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, thanks for the reminder. And I think that's where we need to move towards, to be that strong beacon every day. And if we don't know what that is, I think we have to ask ourselves three questions. And the first one I would ask everybody to consider is, in your quiet, deepest moments, what do you pray for? Hmm. What is it that you really want? And whether or not you're religious or were raised religious, we all pray for certain things. What do you really pray for? And answer that question. Write that down and then take an entire sheet of paper and don't type it on a computer, but really write it. Allow that mind-body connection to come through a pen and write that down. What do I pray for? And, and answer that truthfully. And then the second question is, what are you grateful for? Write again Everything. another full page. What are you grateful for? And then just write and write and write. You can write more pages than you want, but you will begin to know what's in your mind and heart when you answer these questions. And then the third question is, what is your vision for your own personal revolution? Today marks revolution in, in Russia. And change. And change. And so what is our personal revolution what is our vision for that and spend some time writing that down it is through introspection and really self-questioning that we get to the truth it's all about truth what is our truth how do we look at ourselves truthfully and then again how will we articulate our truth and in doing so asking just 
three questions and spending a little time. You're going to find out where your personal revolution is. Your May Day will become a celebration. You will become Persephone coming out of Hades where you've been captured and held prisoner. Come out of Hades. Come out and rise up into the earth. Blossom. Spend the summer as Persephone. Spend the summer as a, as a light-loving spirit with Demeter, her mother, dancing in the fields. Spend that and do that. Do that dance. Do that resurrection and that transformation based on your vision, not someone else's, but yours. What do you want for your future, for the future of your community, your family, your country, and the entire world? And then... When you have found out and decided what it is you want, then act on it. Be the change you want to see. I'm quoting Gandhi. <laughs> that is awesome. And uh, it, it is transforming uh, I try to live like that every day, the way you're suggesting. I don't write things down anymore. I, I think about them. But uh, um, I can vouch for what you're saying. It is a phenomenally powerful system, and it works. But you have to put in the work, like with everything else. Uh, just like if you exercised, you put aside that time, and you would uh, perform a series of actions that bring you closer to where you want to go. Uh, similarly, with doing this type of internal work, uh, you have to give it the time and you have to put the energy into it. And you have to actually have to ask yourself and answer these questions because uh, otherwise you'll, you won't know and you'll drift through life, uh, allowing the currents of circumstance to bring you hither and yon rather than picking a destination and moving toward it. Well, indeed. And, and I think another way to handle this or to talk about it in, in the mythic sense is using mm-hmm. the the Celtic form, and I think I sent you the uh, the graphic of that earlier. There are three circles: one circle on top of the other, and then another circle in the middle intersecting. And those are, and if you put a tree in the middle of that, you'll have a tree in the top circle. You'll have the roots in the bottom circle, and then you'll have this intersecting middle circle that represents the over realm at the very top, the middle realm in the middle, and the under realm in the bottom. And so we're talking, uh, let's talk a little bit about the under realm for a moment. That's okay. that's where, where Hades is. That's where Persephone is. She's in the dark. She's in a, in a winter time of self-introspection. Uh, she is, this is the realm of the dead, the realm of magical powers. This is before reincarnation, but this is the time of purification. It is where we learn our lessons, and this is where all of our past, our past feelings, our past actions, our past emotions, our past lives are all processed. We process this in the under realm 
Now, some people yes. think of Hades as being a negative place, and that's where the devil uh, resides. But it isn't really in mystic terms. Hades no, is the time where we become accountable. We are given the chance to examine, to look at, and it's quiet. There's nothing to distract us. It is quiet. It is silent. It is deep. It is dark. We don't have to worry about taking care of anything but ourselves. This is the time of introspection. And when we move into the middle part, the middle realm is the earth magic. This is where the living planet happens, where there is nature, where there's fairies, where there's stories, mm-hmm. where the five elements dwell, earth, wind, fire, water, and metal. This is where everything is perceived. This is the realm of the senses. It is our life as we know it. But we bring to this life what we learned and what we experienced in the under realm. We come back each life having revisited the under realm. And the over realm, the over realm is where the source is. This is the primordial energy. This is where the mystery lies. This is where possibility dwells. This is creation. And in the over realm, it is the flowing stream of all creative energy. This is where we decide. This is where we think up. This is where we create what we want to manifest in our middle realm. And this this allows us the freedom. It allows us the power. It allows us access to every other power, to every other planet, to every other medium, to every other being, wise teachers, legends, guides, gods. This is the realm where we create. And when we create, it travels down into the middle realm where it is made manifest. And this is our life. This is what we experience. And then when we die, we take that with us back to the under realm and we process it it's as if we had the ability to look back uh, vision is um 2020 at this point mm-hmm. you you can see back <clears throat> you it's monday morning quarterbacking in this realm you can decide what plays you could have made what you should have made and maybe where you could do it again differently. And then you rise back up into the creative realm where you envision yourself again, make manifest coming back into the middle realm, and this is the cycle of life and creation. So you get there by having some negative experiences from which to learn, and then you ask your three questions again. What is it that you pray for? That's the lower realm. What is it What is it that you are grateful for? That's the lower realm. And then what is your vision for the personal revolution? That's the higher realm, all of which will be made manifest back in the middle realm when you come back to this life. Wow. That, that is extremely powerful, and it is the most uh, empowering uh, explanation of the shamanic world tree that I've ever <laughs> heard. Wow. 
I'm phenomenally impressed. And it's very true for people who uh, um, study mythic spirituality or shamanism, the uh, world tree, sometimes it's represented as a mountain, sometimes it's represented as a pillar or as a person holding up uh, the sky. Uh, That is the axis of our experience. And as you point out, um, the underworld is not a negative place unless you make it a negative place. Uh, You'll learn a lot uh, in the underworld. And you can't learn the things you learn in the underworld outside of the underworld because the underworld teaches you in a certain way. um, And once you learn how you're being taught, it's much easier to process your experiences. So the underworld becomes a very beneficial uh, place. And uh, the middle ground, you know, the world we all live in, uh, it is a place of doing and having and being and manifesting. And then uh, there always has to be something higher for us to aspire to uh, because the middle world shrinks as we grow. And eventually our, our circle of comfort uh, chokes us, so we need to move past our comfort zone uh, and until we find ourselves uh, after we've crossed the barrier of fear uh, into a vastly larger world until the process repeats itself so it's it's continuous growth and uh, I feel it very powerfully through your words and it's very encouraging for people because when they're stuck in a difficult circumstance when they're in the underworld uh, the lie is that they're going to remain there forever and that's never true it it too shall pass but at that moment it feels like you're going to be stuck there and there's no way of getting out and once you know that this is a growth experience that this is a lesson that this is a school then you learn the lesson, you take what you've learned, you apply it, and you move, you move on. And you're grateful for having learned the lesson. Well, that's it. That's it. That's it. Because then um, that's called maturity. You, you, I mean, any of us, when we look at our lives today, would we want to go back and be a teenager? Would we want to go back and be in our 20s? How do, how do we value our life today? as differently to who we were and what our consciousness was back then. I don't know one person that I've ever talked to that said, boy, I'd sure love to be 12 again. <laughs> no, not, not I either. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and I, think, I think this is really a, a, a time to celebrate. A, a celebration. You know, in the underrealm, we have uh, personal time. We have quiet time. We have a time out because when we're in the middle realm, when we're in that middle, we are active. We are busy. We are called upon. We are calling upon. It's very mm-hmm. active and interactive. And these days, it's you know, it's it's hectic. And in the over realm, um, we really have to it, that tests us as to what we, are we going to create next time through what are we going to decide to do? Um, it's like when you decide where I'm going to move. If you don't have to move anywhere, but you had your choice of where you're going to move, what would you pick? Would you pick physical comfort? Would you pick beauty? Would you pick accessibility? Would you pick high mountains? What would you pick? Because you have the choice to move anywhere you want to. Um, Would you look at the recent weather patterns and say, boy, there's too many storms, there's too much rain, there's too much uh, earthquakes, there's too much uh, whatever going on. How 
what information will you put in your overwhelm, in your overthought? What will you put in that thinking space in order to make the decision to move forward, to move your body, your your things, your family, your entire being to another location on this planet? It, we don't think so much about our souls and about our position in this world. We don't think we have the power over our lives as much as we think we have the power over buying a new car. We spend more time figuring out the mileage and the road qualities and the tires and the gasoline efficiency. We spend more time figuring out a car and test driving it than a lot of us do figuring out our life. And if Mm -hmm. we could look at our life as important an acquisition as a car, as a house, as that, then we would spend more time in the introspection. I mean, we can take ourselves into the overrealm, the middle realm, or the underrealm at any time. We can say, wait, I need to descend into the other underrealm. I need some quiet time. I need some peace. I need reflection. And we can take that time in order to go out of that, back into the overwhelm, and make some serious decisions and create the shift, create the move that we want in our lives. We are not powerless. We are not under no some uh, spell like uh, like Persephone is in Hades. Uh, that was an agreement. That was a contract. So she has to do that. That's okay. There's certain things we have to do in our life too. But we can change our life. We are not forced into anything that we don't want to be forced into. And if we are forced into it, choose it, live it, and change it. We still are never powerless. We have more power in two minutes in the morning to face our day than any of us ever realize, grasp, and utilize. Very, very, very true. We are a lot more powerful than we think. And, uh, again, speaking from personal experience, I know that you can make things happen that might sound ridiculous even to most people, but if it's something that you really want to do um, and you believe you can do it and take actions to do it, it, it will happen. Well, exactly. And, you know, you, you just look at the Apple company and what they have invented and uh, the phone. I mean, I don't think 30 years ago we ever thought we'd be carrying around a camera, a phone, a computer, <laughs> And and I'm not even up on all the all the capabilities of what that phone can do. But the Apple company, uh, somebody got the idea, and they spend their days manifesting that. They spend their mm-hmm. days in the middle realm because somebody had a thought in the over realm of what to do. And then they go into the under realm, and they sit around and talk about it. And they say, okay, what is our takeaway? What is our learning curve? What worked? What didn't work? Let us process this. And as a group, they come back into the over realm with that knowledge, recreate, and then manifest it in the, min- in the middle realm. Now, if a company can do that, so can each and every human being. Yes. 
and the people going back to the underworld to discuss this, they have what seems like a succession of failures, which if they examine will lead them to the success. And many people, after they failed once or twice, they give up, not realizing that each failure is a lesson in what not to do. And if they just keep going and attempting it, regardless of what seems to be happening, they will get there. Well, and it's the process of purification. Uh, If something doesn't work, then maybe it's an attitude, maybe it's timing, maybe it's... Mm -hmm. uh, a whole host of the things that are, and here's that word again, impersonal. Maybe it's not about you. Maybe it has right. nothing to do with you. Maybe it has to do with other things that you may never know in this lifetime. So it's best to kind of put your blinders on and say, all right, let me refocus this. If it's not about me, then what is it about? Let me focus on what it is I do want. Let me not focus on the negative or who said what to whom or drag, drag, drag me down because we can all put weights on our feet. But it's the person that grabs on to the dirigible and flies higher into the sky that's the person that people want to follow they want to support i mean i love the energy of gofundme i love the energy Mm -hmm. of kickstarter Mm -hmm. someone puts out an idea there's your overrealm here's my concept here's what i would like to happen and then the middle realm is i need your help to help me manifest it. So people in the other under realm think about it. They, they, they go back and forth. They weigh it. And then if they come back to the middle realm and support it, it means that that idea or that project gets to move forward. And I've, I've su- supported many of them, and I've bought a couple of products. And the products, boy, I had a disappointment with one company. They didn't have their shipping together. They couldn't get the product out of the country that it was supposed to come from because they hadn't thought about that. So their genius was about inventing this wonderful thing that did a wonderful thing, but they forgot or uh, they didn't pre-think how to to get it shipped from one place to the other. So it took a lot of, uh, I'm sure it cost them a lot of personal anxiety and sleepless nights, but they finally did it. They addressed the problem. They figured it out. And the worst thing that happened is that it was late. Well, that's not the mm-hmm. end of the world. You know, it no. didn't stop my life. But they they will never do that again. But hopefully their brilliance will continue. And hopefully the support that they got will let them move on to the next project. And probably they'll have the inspiration. And the second thing on the agenda will be shipment. How do I get my fabulous product uh, you know, uh, to the people that bought it. And that's good. So they learned, and we all learned, and it depended then on how we all in the middle realm uh, connected with each other and spoke to each other. Did we do that in kindness, or were we angry and hateful and blaming, or were we? did we continue to be supportive in that process as we were in the first level and the first go-round? So there's all kinds of ways to look at these realms to 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 really respect 
what is possible in the over realm, to know what happens in the middle realm as a result of what we create in the over realm. And then the processing, the introspection, the the time when we get to really reevaluate, that's in the underrealm. And then the process can begin again. See, and it's the image of a tree because the roots will take the nourishment from the soil in the underrealm. They will take all of those minerals, all of those vitamins, all of those nutrients that we supply in our introspection, in our forgiveness, in our... Uh, re-looking at things. They'll take all of that and go back up the trunk of the tree and give fruit and blossoms in the middle realm and also touching into the over realm because that's where the blessings happen. That's where the muses work. That's the level where there is no criticism. There is no, no, no voice saying you can't do it. Only possibility. And power exists in that realm, and then it comes back down into the middle realm. So we have this this play that goes on, this amazing three-act play that we can uh, open any time. We have we are our own best audience for this process of introspection and self-knowledge, and only we can do that. Nobody can do it for us. Nobody can tell us. I can't tell you, Hercules, what's in your best interest. I can listen. I can support mm-hmm. you. But I can't tell you. I'm not your over realm. I'm your support system in your middle realm. But that's and, and where... That. Yes, and that's that's where our power is. You know, that's where our parents try to tell us in our overwhelm. Well, you should do this. You should do that. You ought to be this. You ought to go to that school. You ought to, you know, marry that person. You ought to mm-hmm. do that. No, no, that's that's just chat. That's really in the middle realm that we don't have to listen to. We can go back up into the over realm and say, "All right, thank you very much." But what do I really, really want? And so I go back to our three questions, the three questions of empowerment. What do I pray for? What am I grateful for? And what is my vision for my personal revolution? And those three questions will empower me morning, night, noon, for the rest of my life. And you had mentioned before um, and uh, with the gratitude, and um, a lot of people don't realize how powerful that is because uh, regardless of what your circumstance happens to be, there's still a lot that's right with your life, a lot that is wonderful about your uh, life, um, beginning with the fact that you're still alive and you're able to ask yourself the three questions and do these uh, uh, exercises and uh, there are wonderful people we know, and there uh, and there are things to do. There are, are goals to chase. There's there's all sorts of uh, things that we routinely do day by day, or we routinely experience day by day, uh, that we don't heed as being uh, wonderful. And if you sit down and take the time to Think about all the things that are wonderful in your life. You're overwhelmed by just how much of it is there. And once you realize that, not just with your head, but with your gut, uh, life becomes wonderful as a result of that because you, you, you've come to that realization, you've thought it out, and uh, you've, you've actually uh, expressed gratitude for it. 
Well, I think so. And I was listening to a wonderful uh, workshop seminar over the weekend by Carolyn Mace. And she said at the beginning of her offering or her presentation, she said, you know, we are at a time in our life that is the most evolutionary, fulcrum, pivotal point of decades and decades of civilizations. We are living it now, this incredible Mm -hmm. turning point. And we have the power, if we will embrace it, to change it for the good. But we have to do it. That's why I want to do everything I can to shake up people in their complacency, their negativity, their stuck-in-the-muddedness, wherever it is they are that they're feeling powerless. I want to invigorate them and shake them to their core with the excitement of possibility of creation that they have it in the DNA, in the, in the genetic structure of their bodies and in their souls. They have this ability to stand up and claim what it is they yes. want, claim their vision. And people like GoFundMe will support it. They will help you if it is for the good. If other people can identify what you want with goodness and with um, possibility and healing, they'll be right there and say, yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Because isn't that all what we want? We all want that. We all want healing. We all want the myth of resurrection. We want to be Persephone. We want to come out of Hades and out of our restrictions into our light and into our freedom. We all want to dance in the fields of life. And so let us do that. Let us not take one more day. Let us make May Day, not a May Day, May Day, May Day, oh, poor me, I'm dying, I'm sinking, I'm losing my ship, but rather it's a May Day of celebration. Let us all dance around the maypole with our strings. Let us intertwine and let us all raise up and rise up and celebrate this great, wonderful life and opportunity we have to be the best. Yes. <laughs> awesome <laughs> said. Powerfully said. <laughs> I need to respond, but I didn't know how to respond. Your words are just so powerful and so right on. <laughs> well I well I do get very excited about these concepts. I do get very excited about spreading the word. I just I welcome this opportunity because I think it's very important that we hear this. Very important that a voice comes into our uh, into our living room and says, "Hey, wake up! You can do it. Let us get together. It is not impossible." Ask these three questions. Get down deep into your roots and begin to take all of your experience and and mash that around and turn it into something very creative. You know, we mulch our ground because we want things to stay warm. We want them to stay fertile. And then there comes a time when those roots take all of that learning and all that experience way high and blossom and give 
fruit and show the, the, the produce, show the results of all that internal work. And I don't want people to be afraid. I want all your listeners to grasp this, to hang on to it, to go get themselves a pen and a paper to close that door and to ask them, themselves the questions and to figure out what do they want. What are they grateful for? What are they praying for? What would happen if something changed in their life for the better? What would that look like? Are they open to receiving that? And if so, go for it. Embrace it. Do it. And do it now. Do it on May Day. Make this the opportunity for change and for hooking up with other people who want the change as well. Wise words from a wise woman. <laughs> Thank you so very much, Tech. Uh, I know that I'm going to listen to this interview uh, several times in the next few days because you filled it with so much information that was uh, um, practical. Uh, and as always, you had lots of fun facts uh, woven in together and tied together uh, in ways that uh, uh, reveal the symbolism uh, and very easy to, to grasp and uh, always very enthusiastic and in, in a very uh, fun way. And I've been taking I was taking notes while you were speaking. There, there's a lot in there that you shared and you're very generous. Uh, and I thank you. Well, you're welcome. And, and I would like to, uh, you know, take these next few moments to close Mm -hmm. this okay getting people into a prayerful situation getting getting the listeners to take a few deep breaths and to hear this blessing because i think when we open our hearts and we receive a blessing we feel better we feel like we can go ahead and do that that no matter what the stresses are in our life what the pressures are that if someone blesses us we can go on our journey a little bit more powerfully a little feeling a lot better we go go to it whole and i would like to say that to everybody that this is a a blessing for the journey, the journey of this life, their life, our life together. That when days rush past in a blur, may you pause to receive the simple gift that life generously offers to you. And when you feel overwhelmed, may you rest in the gentleness of your own heartbeat. When you are feeling hopeless and at the end of your rope, may your imagination spark and hold a torch to unseen possibilities that lay before you. And when your mind is drowning in details. May spaciousness arise and connect you to the sacred mystery that you are. And when you feel exhausted, may you be refreshed by the vibrant life forces 
always present within you and around you. And if you are overcome with grief, may those precious tears bathe your heart with salty buoyancy and comfort. And when the world brushes against you with harshness, may you realize that we're all works in progress and that life itself is nothing but a learning curve. When nothing seems to be going your way, may you make room for the unknown, finding patience with your unfolding life. And when you are disheartened by all of the suffering in the world, May you find the courage and the strength to stand up and stand strong for what you know is good. And when you are tempted to believe that you are not good enough, may you discover your inherent value and place in the family of all living things. May you receive Earth's bounty to always nourish your body, kindness to nourish your heart, wisdom to nurture your mind, and the wonder to inspire your soul. Wow. Thank you for that, Kat. That that was awesome. You're welcome. And I hope everyone truly takes that to heart and and listens to that again so that they can fill their soul with the richness not only of the words, the meaning, but also the intention. I hope so as well. Uh, like I said, I'm going to listen to this uh, uh, several times because uh, you you always fill your interactions to the brim with uh, information that's insightful and practical and thought-provoking. So uh, uh, I got a lot out of listening to you live, and I'll get even more listening to you uh, um, on the recording. And I thank you for emails as well. I got a lot of those uh, too. Well, you're very welcome, and I just I want us all to move forward as a strong body of connected spirits into the next phase, into the next chapter, and I'd like us to be focused on the positive, on the good that we can do, and the power that each of us has to work miracles and to manifest whatever it is we want, and to never be afraid of that power, but to know that we walk forward blessed hand in hand and on a mission we're all put here for some reason let's go ahead and express that reason and talk about it more until we're all crystal clear as to what that is and stated in the greco-roman paradigm uh, the age of the victim is over Uh, the age of heroes has dawned 
and is upon us and within us. Uh, we are the help that people have been praying for. It's our time. It is our time. And in, in the spirit of Persephone, I say rise. Rise up now and dance in the fields of love and light. Thank you once again, Kat. You're an awesome person. How can people um, who are listening to the podcast uh, explore your world even further? Well, they can see my website, uh, kakyoung.com. It's K-A-C-Y-O-U-N-G.com. And it's changing all the time. It's morphing. And uh, I've taken on the thought borrowed from Carolyn Mace that my life is a mandala and the sands are always changing the picture. So stay tuned. Let's, let's all make this happen. Let's make a better world. Amen to that. Thank you once again, um, and I will be speaking with you very soon. Sounds good. Take care, Hercules. You too, Cac. And we're going to listen to Bone Poets Orchestra's Cry Freedom, and then we'll be back with the second half of our show.
top of her Sings the mystery of the all-expanding universe Trust that brain behind your eyes To carve a space for us within the universal mind And if it's up to us to bring some balance back Let it not be said, it's courage that we And welcome back to the Elysium Project. I am Hercules Invictus, and tonight I'm filling in for Jerry Hochek on the Empowered Hour. Our guest is Tenafly Mayor Peter Rustin, and we're going to be talking about the Tenafly Mayor's Wellness Program and other wellness initiatives uh, in our fair borough. Greetings and welcome, Mayor Rustin. Uh, good evening, Hercules. It's a beautiful day and a beautiful evening in Tenafly. That it certainly is, and, and that could be said uh, for many days at Tenafly. We, we're actually very blessed to live in such a wonderful place. Uh, I, I agree. In fact, my biggest concern is that uh, our young people, they uh, graduate high school and move on, uh, may not realize for a while how fortunate they, they've been, and, uh, you know, it can be a culture shock. That That is very true. I've lived uh, outside of Ten of Life for many years myself, and I can vouch for the reality of uh, that which you say. How can we better prepare them uh, as they leave the nest and uh, uh, come to the many realizations that adulthood brings? Well, I, I think that preparing our youth is to uh, travel. Uh, let them uh, travel with them. Let them travel on their own in groups and uh, see what's all around us so that uh, – when they leave the nest, uh, there's no culture shock. <laughs> um, Tenafly celebrates uh, differences, and that's one of the things I love about uh, living here um, on all levels. And uh, um, the one that I have gravitated to the most has been in terms of uh, interfaith. There's a lot of interfaith activity um, happening in uh, Tenafly where people with different uh, spiritual world views uh, get together and uh, share uh, their faith and invite others uh, to join in regardless of what their faith happens to be and then uh, do things together. 
Um, and uh, you introduced me to that aspect of uh, Tenafly when I first moved back here around half a decade ago. Um, can you speak about that a little bit? Because that, that is something that many communities lack. Well, one of the things I'm most proud about Tenafly is its diversity. And it's, it's interesting, having lived here for 40 years and prior to that, having grown up in the area, Tenafly always had a, a reputation of not being a diverse town, of our school system not being very diverse. And nothing could be further from the truth. I was reading a, uh, a, a uh, survey today of um, schools across the country, and the, the figure in the survey, and I don't know how accurate it is, but it's a ballpark figure, said Tenafly uh, schools were 33% diverse. And uh, I think that figure may actually be a little low. Uh, so I, I'm very pleased not only that we're diverse, but how well people get along together. And you talk, when you talk about interfaith, uh, one of the things that has, uh, we have here in Tenafly that I don't believe every municipality has is an interfaith council where the mm -hmm. uh, heads of churches and synagogues get together on a regular basis just to talk about issues they all face and to support each other. And uh, it's, a, it's a marvelous situation uh, culminating on the uh, day night before Thanksgiving when we have our annual interfaith service. It rotates among the various uh, houses of worship in town, and it, it's, it's remarkable. And uh, I, I'm pleased uh, that I, I attend it every year, and uh, I think more people should do that. And um, most important, uh, beyond the diversity, is like I said, everybody gets along, but in, the, in our schools it's promoted. Um, and, you know, things like uh, last year when we had a gay pride day for the first time and I was concerned that there might not be a turnout and it turned out to be a wonderful event yes. with uh, significant uh, support from all parts of the community. It was great. And, uh, you know, it's one of the things, like I said, that uh, make me so proud to be a Teneflickian. Uh Yes, it was a wonderful parade. I marched uh, in that parade, and uh, there was a great uh, turnout, which uh, I thought was great, you know, the, the amount of support uh, uh, that we got. And uh, I've had the opportunity to work within uh, some of uh, Tenafly schools uh, doing enrichment uh, programs. And uh, I've done enrichment programs through, you know, several uh, vendors and as well as my own stuff. And uh, we do have a lot of diversity, and uh, it, it, it is amazing uh, the types of uh, um, programs that are coming into the schools and that the schools are teaching. And I wish education was this fun when I was a kid. You know, education seemed very much a, a chore when I was growing up. Here it's, uh, you know, all, every day the kids told me all the wonderful things that they did during the day and they're putting on plays and, and they're learning through this. It's not like rote stuff on a blackboard. And I remember when uh, you visited the school, every kid told me that they met Mayor Peter Rustin. And uh, uh, so they get excited about everything and, and they get very involved in the different things that the, the schools are doing. Well, it, 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 I'm very pleased to see the connection between uh, Borough Hall and the community and the schools uh, because the schools are doing a, a great service to their constituency, their children, by, yes. uh, you know, getting them out and letting them see beyond the, the walls of the schools. And, of course, we have a tremendous advantage here. Being only uh, 10 or 15 minutes from the George Washington Bridge, 
uh, many of our children have the opportunity to take advantage of what New York City has to offer. Uh, and, and it's just a great place, as I t tell people that have moved to our community, it's just a wonderful place to raise your children. Uh, and uh, it's a great place for, for young families. The challenge, uh, one of the challenges we are taking on, however, is to make sure that our senior population is not forgotten. Uh, and that's something that easily could happen. But uh, I'm, I'm very pleased and very proud of the efforts made by our borough council to uh, uh, serve, better serve our seniors, help them age in place, and help them live a, a life with a, a expanded uh, quality of life. Very important. And it's a challenge, but uh, I believe we're meeting that challenge. I believe you are as well, and I've seen a lot of changes in the past uh, few years. And uh, you also address some of the difficult issues that uh, people and families face uh, at the end of uh, life. And uh, you've started a conversation of a lifetime uh, here in Tenafly, and uh, I hear that that is uh, being you know, used by our citizens as well. Well, uh, the Mayor's Wellness Campaign has a great support group in the state organization. Um, we were one of the first communities to have a Mayor's Wellness Campaign. We were one of the first communities to be designated a healthy community. I think we were the fourth community in New Jersey. And uh, one of the recent themes that this organization is taking on is a theme called Conversation of a Lifetime, which uh, encourages people, not just seniors, but people of all ages, to prepare for uh, life as a senior, to make decisions while your mind is clear and, and you, you have no stress and no pressure to make a, to these tough decisions about how you would like things to happen uh, as you age on. And I'm not necessarily talking about just decisions to be made uh, you know, on your deathbed. I'm talking about decisions to be made as you're as you're approaching senior life, fortunately in this country, well, I guess all over the world, uh, lifetimes are expanded. You know, it used to be somebody my age was considered to be old and over the hill. Uh, I believe I'm still climbing up that hill. And to be honest with you, <laughs> I, I enjoy the challenge. So, um, <laughs> but nevertheless, um, I feel comfortable in making decisions that will not come into play until much later, a much later stage in my life. And we are encouraging and educating people to do the same. And some of these decisions are not easy. Um, people that are alone, that don't have as much of a support group, can use assistance to make these decisions, and that's what we try to provide. Uh, I know those issues are important. Uh, recently, uh, we went through a, a situation uh, where many decisions that could have been made uh, weren't made uh, earlier, and it led to some uh, challenges. Uh, so my wife and I have decided that we're going to think everything through and make sure that everything is uh, uh, clear. So I know we're intending on taking advantage of uh, learning through this program. Well, I, I think that's a wise decision, and, uh, you know, uh, life can be seamless when you're well-prepared and meet the challenges head-on when you have the ability to do so. So, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, if you have older pet people in your family or neighbors, make sure that they, uh, they are aware of the decisions they need to uh, consider and uh, assist them in any way possible.
wise words and uh, very considerate. Uh, you, I remember uh, when I first uh, learned of you, uh, it was that uh, you personally went and helped uh, uh, people who were uh, older or um, disabled uh, with their driveways during the snow, and that you would personally plow them out. So uh, um, this is one of the tales I heard when returning to Tenafly. And uh, um, so thank you for doing that, too. Well, you know, it's really a privilege and a pleasure to be able to do those things. It's also nice to know that we have support groups that assist us. I've had assistance from students, I've had, especially the Boy Scouts in particular, uh, are always willing to lend a hand. Uh, it's a community, and uh, we really have a community spirit here, and it, it just makes life so much more enjoyable, so much more pleasurable, and so much more and most important, rewarding. You spent many years uh, also uh, working with kids in uh, sports teams here in uh, Tenafly, um, and uh, that was uh, your portal into uh, politics, I, I seem to recall from one of our earlier conversations. Uh, the, so I know when I walk around Tenafly, I see kids engaged in sports uh, uh, all the time when the weather is nice, and that's a very important part of uh, their experience here in Tenafly. Well, you know, each age group is a different generation, and things are a lot different today for our young people than they were uh, 30 years ago when I was raising my kids, or I'm not going to tell you how many years ago when I was a kid. Um, today, the challenge is getting the kids away from their, the screens, the Internet, you know, their computers, and getting them out there outside in the fresh air, getting some exercise, and and. and also, you know, it's a form of competition. I mean, there's all sorts of forms of competition, and competition can be healthy. That's the challenge uh, parents and coaches have, to make sure that competition is, is a healthy thing for kids and not a stressful, overbearing thing. And uh, I often said that coaching was probably the best job I ever had, but I don't know, right? Being mayor is, is pretty competitive with that. Uh, uh, I, I, I truly enjoyed all of the things that I've done for my for my town, and uh, uh, that's something that I, I tell potential volunteers. We don't have enough coaches. We also don't have enough volunteers at Borough Hall, and uh, people should find the time for these things because they will find them very rewarding. Whether you're doing it with your kids or somebody else's kids, it really doesn't matter. Although, as a young parent, there's nothing more rewarding than playing ball uh, with your kids, just like doing homework with them as well. It's, it's just an opportunity to share things with your children while they're young enough to be willing to share things with you. Very, very true. Um, one of the things I do uh, is uh, role-playing games. It's like an interactive storytelling game. And uh, not so much uh, here in New Jersey, but in Pennsylvania, uh, parents uh, would often join in the games with their kids. So uh, what was initially, initially designed as a uh, kid's activity uh, became a family activity. So we had grandmothers and fathers and mothers uh, with their kids having adventures uh, in ancient Greek uh, mythology. And I remember that was very satisfying uh, and uh, everybody seemed to enjoy it and it, uh, it binded the family uh, closer together, which is always a phenomenal uh, thing to watch. That, that is correct. And, and now, fa family time is by far the best time of the day. 
Now, I recently uh, responded to uh, uh, a call to adventure that you had posted in our last uh, borough uh, newsletter um, for people to get more involved in the overall um, wellness of our borough. And as you pointed out, we already have a lot going for us here. We have the Tenafly Mayor's Wellness Campaign. Um, We have a lot of people who are uh, dedicated to uh, making Tenafly a healthy town. We have the designation. Uh, Wherever I go, I see people jogging or running or walking their dogs. So people are uh, uh, generally uh, very active. What type of things would you like to see uh, happening in Tenafly? Well, I'd, I'd like to see more people walking. I think by far that's probably the most enjoyable exercise you can get, especially if it's nice weather. And uh, it's a healthy exercise as well. And walking, rather, uh, you know, some people are joggers. Some people are bicycle riders. Uh, but I think those exercises for many people will be stressful on their bodies. Walking is just a delight. And uh, I always enjoy the fact that when you walk, you 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 see so much more than when you drive by something even at slow speed like 25 or 30 miles an hour. I, I know when I walk down streets that I normally drive down, I see things that I've never seen before, and uh, very very enjoyable. And of course, living in a town as pretty as Tenafly, that's just an added bonus. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to see, and there's uh, a lot of uh, greenery uh, and parks. Um, and uh, if you get tired of looking at roads and cars, you could duck into a park and wander around for a while and see trees and grass. And uh, uh, there are so many things to discover in Tenafly, too, uh, and I discover a lot of them through uh, walking. And walking is also a, a great way of uh, bumping into people and meeting people or saying hi to people that uh, uh, you know, and it leads to interesting conversations that lead to sometimes opportunities, sometimes new perspectives. Um, so it, I find the walking very rewarding. And Tenafly is a very friendly town. Um, I found that, you know, all sorts of people will talk to you uh, while you're walking and or be receptive to a hello. Uh, and uh, it often leads to conversation. And sometimes people are interested in dogs, you know, they're walking their dog. Um, The school crossing guards are all amazing and always very friendly when they see you walking uh, through the the town. Uh, So it's a great place to to wander around in. It is, and I'm glad you brought up the school crossing guards because they were honored and actually inducted as a group into the Mayor's Wellness Hall of Fame because I I believe our crossing guards encourage people to walk to school, and that's a a healthy subject, but most important – walking to school in a safe manner, uh, which is tough because uh, um, walking can be a dangerous activity, especially if there's no sidewalks. So uh, my hat's off to the uh, crossing guards who are out there, rain or shine, heat, cold. Uh, It's not an easy job, but I I, I do believe it's a rewarding job. Most of the crossing guards that I know and I've spoken to really enjoy their work because what's better than – dealing with kids on the way to school and on the way home, as well as some of the parents that bother to walk their kids to school. 
And many of them are involved in other activities, like uh, one of the school crossing guards uh, uh, is in the Rotary Club, so I get to see him there. And he's also um, works the polls, as I do, because he cares about uh, the voting and election process. Uh, so you, you see the crossing guards in other contexts, and all the contexts are uh, equally as caring as they're helping children you know, cross uh, to and fro the schools. You're absolutely correct. Hercules, I'd like to close by thanking everybody for their support of the Mayor's Wellness Campaign. And I would like to encourage them to communicate with me if they have ideas of how we can expand this campaign or if they want to join in on any of the activities we are currently presenting. Okay, the Call to Adventure is out. I will post that invitation on uh, Facebook and social media as well. And uh, I've already responded. So uh, um, is there anything else you'd like to convey to my listeners? No other than to uh, spring. And although some of us have allergy challenges, i like to remind everybody there's no better time than the last even today, where it was overcast and rain was expected, it was a great day to get out and walk around and, uh, you know, if you're young enough and so inclined to play ball. And uh, that's about all I can say, except uh, kiss your kids goodnight. And if uh, the kids are old and out of the house, kiss your dogs goodnight. There you go. <laughs> and last you but not least, don't forget your wife or husband. <laughs> And on those wise words, thank you very much, uh, Mayor Rustin. I look forward to our next conversation. I do, too. And thank you all for listening. Be well. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. We're going to listen to Bone Poets Orchestra's Evolve, and then we'll be back with the Empowered Hour.
This is Hercules Invisibus, and what we are trying to do is create the best of all worlds. Um, today, we'll be listening to some music, and I'll be making some announcements. And uh, the remainder of the show, half an hour, will pass by uh, very quickly. Um, first and foremost, I would like to talk about the Age of Heroes. Uh, as you may have noticed, more of our segments are under this imprint, and uh, the motto for the Age of Heroes is that the Age of Victim is finally over, and the Age of Heroes has begun. The way the hero posits that one must utilize one's individual strengths to make one's world a better place. One need not be perfect or operating from ideal circumstances either. Are not the heroes that inspire us often tragically flawed? Are their lives not in a state of flux and full of uncertainty? Does this prevent them from attempting and accomplishing great things? Our Age of Heroes initiatives have harnessed the creative energy and focused the attention of many heroic individuals with radically diverse backgrounds over the years, directing it towards improving the collective quality of human life. The Age of Heroes welcomes secular, intrafaith, and interfaith participation. 
As with the Argonaut expeditions of old, the children of different and sometimes warring gods are invited to partner with exceptional mortals to face great challenges and accomplishing things that really need to get done. In the early part of this new millennium, I partnered with individuals and organizations to stem the tide of the ever-growing digital divide in New York City. Our collective efforts led to a free computer drop-in center in downtown Brooklyn and an innovative intern-extern volunteer program called New Shores. Our adventures were chronicled through the e-radio show Navigating the Digital Divide, a comic strip in Big News, a few cliffhanger tales on Psych Journey, presentations at conferences, and an Age of Heroes special episode in the third season of my Fringe TV show. Later on, from 2005 to 2014, roughly, the focus was much narrower. I championed literacy, functional, vocational, cultural, informational, digital, multicultural, and environmental in rural northeastern Pennsylvania and northwestern New Jersey. Through my individual efforts and partnership with my wife, Athena, for a mythic 501C and via coordinated cooperative endeavors with local individuals and organizations, local media, and our website, Chronicle Those Adventures. Now that our sojourn has returned us to northeastern New Jersey and the greater New York metropolitan area, I am inspired to dedicate myself to actualizing the ultimate dream manifesting Elysium in the here and now. Elysium is the highest heaven the mortal mind can conceive, and thus the Elysium project is, as far as I'm concerned, life's ultimate adventure. And now, without further ado, we shall listen to King of Dreams by Bran Tirdorian. Do you see the 
Welcome back to the Elysium Project. Um, we've spoken with uh, Kak Young, who shared her ancient shamanic and practical wisdom with us on uh, making changes and being empowered. Uh, and she told us the symbolism of uh, the day, May Day. And uh, we spoke with Mayor Peter Rustin, who uh, shared with us all the wonderful things going on in Tenafly, including the Tenafly Mayor's Wellness Campaign, of which uh, I am a part and a supporter of. And uh, now we'll explain a little bit more about our activities here. Uh, here in Tenafly, uh, I am spearheading a quest for optimal wellness. Uh, I've created several podcasts that uh, deal with this quest or supplement this quest. And uh, now I will ask you, what is your idea of the ideal body? Mine has always been the mythic physique depicted in the sword and sandal films that were popular during my childhood. This heroic template was in turn inspired by the Greco-Roman statuary that depicted my Olympian ancestors. Both cinema and sculpture celebrated the mighty ones of old, the doers of great deeds. I'm currently in my very early 60s and no longer is able to lift heavy weights as I once did in my youth. However, I'm determined to embody and express my ideal physique to the best of my ability for the remainder of my years. You're invited to accompany me on this quest and to share the details of your own journey uh, on our Facebook page and uh, on our podcast as well. So if you are interested in uh, taking this uh, quest in being part of this adventure, uh, and uh, sharing it with others as I'm sharing mine, uh, please uh, PM me on Facebook or uh, email me at hercules.invictus at gmail.com. That's hercules.invictus at gmail.com. And now it's time for another song. The music is by Castalia Alexandrian, and it's called The Wheel is Turning.
virgin with babe in arms, newborn younglings nurse, the seedlings stir as winter snows melt, and the earth now to the Elysium Project. Now, in our last announcement, I shared that um, I am in, on a quest for Mythic Physique, which is part of a greater quest for optimal wellness, and I also shared that I'm 60. So I will now share a little bit more about the mythic implications of being 60. Uh, when you start getting older, you start facing Yeras, which means uh, old age in Greek. And although the tale doesn't survive, Hercules, the Theban Hercules, encountered uh, Yeras, and this is uh, preserved on ancient pottery. Yeras was said to be a child of Oedipus and Nyx, or sometimes the issue of primordial night alone. As can be expected, in some depictions, our hero is engaged in staving off or actually fighting old age. The shriveled and diminutive Yeras doesn't seem to stand a chance. 
And other depictions, the encounter between Hercules and Jairus, seems remarkably free of conflict, almost friendly. How do we reconcile these contradictory images? Perhaps there are different points in a greater tale. Perhaps they depict different incidents altogether. And alas, we may never know. Now that I'm in my early 60s, with at least half of my life behind me, I would like to venture a guess. In my age, the impulse to mitigate the effects of aging, which can no longer be ignored, is quite strong. Exercise, supplementation, and diet are recruited, and a variety of cosmetic, emotional, mental, and spiritual techniques are gradually added to our arsenal of weapons until yet us is kept at bay. Some fight harder with drug, surgery, and fringe or cutting-edge science, though this will go on for a while through the struggle acceptance eventually emerges and with it peace embracing old age and facing the finality of all mortal life allows you to appreciate the preciousness of each and every passing moment when I personally found myself there I made a promise until I die I resolve to fully live onward and now we will listen to one of my favorite songs by Dave the Bard, Cauldron Born. Within this darkened hall 
welcome back to the Elysium Project. I'm your host, Hercules Invictus, and we will close the show by moving on to Destiny Quest. Destiny Quest is part of our Options and Opportunities uh, initiative. Uh, Our dreams are important. They guide us toward a better tomorrow. Yet it is what we do now in the present moment that determines if our dreams will ever come true. Your being here listening means that you are motivated to move forward in life and are determined to create a better future for yourself and your loved ones. I salute you. And now, let the adventure begin. What we do for a living helps define our place in the greater human community. The quest for one's purpose, one's calling, one's true vocation is often a lifelong pursuit. Each job, each volunteer experience, each action we take towards self-improvement and skill acquisition is a step forward in the never-ending journey of self-discovery and self-expression. Though it may often feel like you're alone during times of uncertainty and transition, it is important to realize that, in truth, you are not. We are all in this quest together, whether we are self-employed, working full-time, part-time, or not at all. Perhaps we can assist each other on this life-changing adventure. You're hereby invited to join our podcasts um, and uh, becoming part of this adventure on a grander scale. I was just informed that we have 90 seconds, so wrap up the show. Uh, This uh, talk will be continued uh, next time, and we'll close as we started with Cry Freedom. Spending 